we are back for the 28th interview episode of Home Mat Advantage, and today we have a very special interview, once again from Mason Beckman. Um, today he interviews Jordan Cutler, a Lehigh star, and in this interview they cover a lot from Jordan's beginnings all the way through um, them being teammates at Lehigh and Jordan's plans for the future. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. All right, let's let it roll. So, you know, you're a New Jersey native, um, Sparta, New Jersey, if I remember correctly. You know, just kind of talk about, I know you've been in wrestling your whole life. Talk about how you got into it, man, and who it was that got you into it and what those those early years were like. Yeah, sure. Um, I'd say the main reason I got into the sport, obviously, is my dad. Um, he grew up wrestling. He grew up, you know, playing soccer. You know, I, I followed in the same path as him. Uh, ended up choosing wrestling over soccer, and he went to Ohio State, wrestled. He was a couple-time state champ in Maryland. Uh, went on to Ohio State. He um, he wrestled for a few years. He kind of was just battling injuries the whole time. He had two uh, major knee reconstruction surgeries and uh, kind of just had to hang up the shoes early. So, um, you know, from a young age, I just remember him uh, introducing me to the sport. Um, he never really put pressure on me to, you know, I'll like say, oh, you know, you're definitely, definitely got to wrestle. You know, I really want you to wrestle, blah, blah, blah. It's more so just like, you know, kind of me uh, when he got out. He coached in Ohio. And then when we moved, um, he got involved with coaching, you know, kind of at the local high school. So uh, he would always have guys come over, just kind of like do some private lessons in the basement. And, you know, I was always sort of exposed to that. I was just kind of hanging on the side, you know, I would get on the wrestling mat every once in a while. But, um, you know, he started taking me to practices at a young age. And I know I didn't really know how I felt about it because, you know, I was trying kinds of sports at once. But, um, you know, I, I started wrestling when I was five and, um, you know, at first I didn't, I didn't really like it. I was kind of just doing it just to do it, kind of to make my dad happy. But he's like, hey, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. I'm not going to force you to do it. So I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. So just kept doing it. Um, you know, saw success at a, at a young age. Obviously, I took my lumps and figured out from a young age that I really hated losing. So um, <laughs> growing up, that was that was the battle, like, you know, I love the sport of wrestling, but like I always had a fear of losing. And, you know, my dad always it was just like, well, I don't know why you're scared about losing. If you know you do everything right, you train right and you just go out there, let it fly and have fun. Like if you lose then there's nothing to really hang your head about. So, um, you know, as I got older, I kind of realized that more. And I think that's sort of um, what allowed me to make jumps. Um, you know, he coached me basically, let me think here. I started when I was five and then all the way up through junior high, basically till I went to Blair, he was my coach and it was me and David McFadden and him in my basement or the Mastro's basement, like three, four times a week, just drilling and wrestling and figuring stuff out. So, um, you know, me and Dave go way back. Um, we... Honestly, I think made each other who we are now just from, you know, everything that we've been through together. And, you know, my dad has been a huge part of that growing up. And then sort of, you know, when I was in eighth grade, the decision came to, you know, like where you want to go to high school. You want to go to John or you want to go to Blair. I was also for Buxton because I've been training with Buxton. Uh, I started training with Buxton in like seventh grade. I would go up seventh, eighth grade. I repeated eighth grade. And I was just training with him basically for three years in the Blair room, also with my dad, too, and then McFadden. But, um, you know, when it came time to pull the plug, it was like, all right, are you actually serious about wrestling? Like, do you want to go to Blair? Um, Buxton believes in you. I believe in you. But you got to really um, believe in yourself and you got to really want to, you know, excel and see yourself going somewhere with this. So, you know, it was a it was a long debate for a while because, you know, Blair's Blair, it's you know, super expensive, you know, that's like a, that's a big, big investment, uh, on my dad's part. And he just wanted to know if I was really all in. And, uh, I told him that I was, and yeah, then I went to, uh, went to Blair. You want me to talk about that at all? Or 
Yeah, so, you know, you actually kind of hit on a couple of things. Like, we'll talk about your relationship with Dave later because you've got some some of the relationships you've built, like some of the, your tight friendships, some people might know about from Blair, yeah. some others might not. But we'll talk about that a little later. Um, yeah, how did – so how did you guys get introduced to Buxton? I mean, obviously Buxton's – I mean, he's Buxton, right? He's, yeah. like, arguably the most accomplished high school coach ever. Um, but how did you get introduced to him and, you know, your personal relationship with Buxton? I know it's super deep now, but what, when you first started out and how did your relationship with him grow? Yeah. I mean, honestly, in the beginning, it was just sort of like my dad kind of approached him and was just like, I forget even where it was. I mean, there were other people that I knew of at the time that were training at Blair already. And they were kind of like, why don't you just come come up to the room and train? Like Buxton's pretty cool about it. Just, you know, make sure you introduce yourself, blah, 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 the whole nine yards. And my dad was, you know, talking with John Gray and, you know, John was helping out at Blair at the time too. He's like, yeah, definitely. Like, see if you can get Jordan in here, get some good training, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, initially it was like through mutual connections and, you know, other people want me to train there. It was like that. That's what it was. Um, but you know, it was. I mean, me and McFadden, we basically we went up there together at first, and Buxton like was like had us mixing in with all the high school guys. It wasn't sort of like you know we just showed up and it was like okay, go on that mat, just like listen and do what you got to do. Like Buxton actually like kind of treated us like we were on the team. You know what I mean? So I thought that was like really cool because, you know, he's such, he's this established coach and he's built this, you know, powerhouse of a program and, you know, he's treating us like we're kind of on the team. So, you know, that was, that was cool. Um, that really made me want to keep going back because, um, you know, I just think, you know, some coaches got it figured out and some coaches don't have it figured out. And, you know, Buxton obviously had it figured out. And, uh, you know, I could, I just felt like I could trust him and I, he knew what I needed to do to get better. And he knew what, um, was going to take me to the next level. And, um, you know, that was honestly the reason why I went to Blair. Like it was just because of him, because I, I just trusted him with everything in terms of like mm -hmm. my wrestling, like my dad had me early on, you know what I mean? But, you know, once I got to high school, it was like, all right, time to, time to hand it off. And, you know, I just literally trusted him with everything and I still do. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, obviously, each time I went up, it was, you know, we would just mess around with each other. Like, I, at first, like, he didn't really like talking to me that much, I felt. But, like, that's just kind of how he was. You know what I mean? And you look at him today, it's just like, you know, he's just changed so much. Like, he's, he's so talkative and he just, you know, loves to just, you know, get new people into train or, like, travel all over the place to train you know what i mean you know how involved we, he is with uh usa wrestling so you know he's always trying to get me to go out to the otc bringing new people to train with me so i respect yes you, so uh to your point about how much he's changed you know like because he was the rtc coach for my last three three and a half years at lehigh he uh nate brown used to call him pappy because he was like the crazy grandpa in the room exactly so <laughs> so i gotta ask Everybody that spent like, I mean, you spent way more time with Buxton than I did, obviously. But everybody that spent like serious time around Buxton has a crazy, a few crazy Buxton stories. Oh yeah. You gotta give me one. Dude, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll give you one. Dude, I got a lot, man. It's ridiculous. Probably, some of the stuff I probably can't even say on camera, but. Uh, That's what I mean. Yeah. So okay, I'll give you one. So there's. So I, I was a freshman at Blair. I weighed like 100 pounds, right? And we always used to do this, um, these preseason duels, like these Blair duel things. And they, they were like legit. All these club teams would come, a bunch of teams from Jersey, PA. I mean, you probably, you probably heard, you probably met even wrestled them, who knows. But um, yeah, so there's just this preseason thing and all these tough teams would come. I was a little freshman, wrestling 106 that year. And um I literally think I won, like, I think we had five matches. I literally think I won, like, one of them. And <laughs> they were all, like, super close, too. You know what I mean? It was, like, by a point. Like, some of them were OT, whatever. So, you know, I get done with that day, and I'm just really mad. And just, I'm not, I'm not having anything. 
And Buxton like comes up to me at the end. And he's like, we got some work to do, but you're going to be all right. And he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? This was on like a Saturday. And he's like, he's asking me like, he's like, what are you doing on Sunday? Like, what's going on? I was like, nothing. Like, I just go home and just hang out. Like, what else am I going to do? He's like, all right, I want you here at 6 a.m. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we're going to watch film and we're going to go over some stuff. I was like, all right, whatever. So, yeah, fast forward to the next day. I go in, it's like 6 a.m. And there was a huge TV in the wrestling room. We're sitting there, pulls up all my matches and just starts breaking down some technique. And he's like, you know what? This is just too much right now. Uh, we're going to focus on one thing, moving your feet. You don't move your feet on. You don't move your feet at all in neutral. Like, people are shooting on you, and you're just moving it away, and they're hitting the other leg. So you got to learn how to down block. So, you know, he's playing all these different videos. He's saying, you know, blah, 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 move your feet. He's like, all right, I'm done with this. So he goes, he walks back into, like, the music room, comes out. He has this, like, 20-foot-long plastic pole. And he goes, all right. The best way to do this is just to do it. So get in your stance. So I get in my stance, and he starts whacking the crap out of my legs with this plastic pole. He's like, all right, you better move your feet, or I'm going to smack the crap out of your legs. So he just starts, like, whipping me. And, you know, that's honestly, like, that's literally how, right then and there, I learned how to down block. Like, move two feet away, get back. Literally, it was like a 20 and just smacking the crap out of me. He's like, yeah, move both feet and you won't get hit. Move both feet and you won't get hit. So, yeah, I mean, that's that 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 was literally like my first competition of player in the preseason. Next morning at 6 a.m., all right, here's a 20-foot-long plastic pole. I'm going to smack the crap out of your legs. Move them. And that's how I learned how to down block. <laughs> Amazing. And then he was doing the same so, thing to Maddie well, like next week. <laughs> Me and Frank both had the same problem with moving our feet. So, like, literally every day after practice, the pole would just sit in the room, and he would pick it up, and we would take turns. And he would just smack his, like, welts, everything, lines all over the legs. It was ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I could say I'm pretty good at down blocking now, so that's all right. Yeah, you learn – you definitely learn quickly with Buxton. Like, I remember – Oh, man, all sorts of different stuff. Like, I remember all the stuff he had us do with bands after practice yeah. in college that I just hated, and they were so miserable. And I think part of what made it worse is that, like, Buxton's always in such a good mood while he does it, too, and you're yeah. miserable. He's <laughs> oh, laughing yeah. the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, you go through your Blair years, man, and you guys had some – I got to believe you won national titles in your time, you know, as a team. You know, you were teammates with guys like Matty Ace, like Joey McKenna. Um, talk about just some of, like, the – you know, I know you won two prep titles. You won the Beast and all that stuff. But just some of the highlights from you and your teams and your teammates and your years at Blair. Yeah, my years at Blair were pretty interesting. Um, my first year, I mean – we were, I think we were number one in the country three out of my four years there. My first year, um, you know, I was just a little, little boy. And, you know, some of these, some of these 106 pounders were dropping from like 120. I weighed like 100 pounds soaking wet. So a lot of that year, honestly, was just like a lot of development for me. And, you know, sort of like seeing how all these elite guys on the team train and how they compete, I, like that was that was pretty eye-opening to me, you know. I remember, like, literally, like, Ironman, I think I went, like, one and two. And then at Beast, I ended up taking, like, sixth. So there was a big jump, like, improvement there. And then after Beast, I didn't lose another match until the next season. Like, I went undefeated the rest of the year, won preps, uh, went to Cadet World Team Trials, won that. And then, you know, that's that's that. I mean, I hit a huge growth spurt after that and weighed like 130. But, um, you know, that year specifically, like, I think we had, there's 14 ways in high school. I think we had 12 national prep champs. Like, just, it was insane. Like, the, the lineup was just ridiculous. And, um, you know, like, that, that year was like, 
huge for me because, you know, we won everything and, you know, guys were winning Ironman titles, beast titles, like prep titles going undefeated on the year. You know what I mean? Like that was just sort of expected, you know, that wasn't anything out of the ordinary. People were doing that every season. And, uh, you know, I felt like, you know, like I really just looked at myself. I was like, what do I got to do to be like that? You know, then the next year, uh, my sophomore year, they wanted me to um, wrestle six again. I was weighing like 130, 135. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I will. Because it was like, it was going to be like me at six, Chaz at 13, Kalazic 20, Joey 26, like Mark 32. It was like the lineup was just ridiculous. And I ended up cutting down, made it. And I just felt like crap. I remember I weighed in an Ironman. And I wrestled my first match, and I just, I literally couldn't even move. So, you know, come back, blah, 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 get a blood test. Had mono for, like, six weeks. Didn't even know about it. Missed the whole year. All right, fast forward to junior year, you know. And, you know, people are still, you know, training. Like, everybody's, like, there's success was just always a thing at Blair. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, Buxton left after my first year. Then we had um, Clavel and Dan Hoff running the team. That following year, Fleckman came in. He was another head coach. So that was my junior year. I wrestled 32. Um, placed at Ironman, placed at Beast. Um, had a decent year. I was just cutting a lot of weight again. You know what I mean? And um, finally, my senior year, like 60, I'm going to wrestle. Not really going to cut weight. Focus on getting better, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that year, I obviously was a great year. I took, like, uh, third Ironman, one beast, went undefeated. I think I only lost to Vincenzo that year. Um, I was ranked, like, third in the country, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I mean, you're saying talk about all these, you know, successes. Like, success was just an ongoing thing at Blair. You know what I mean? People expected to win. People expected to get better. If you had a loss, it was like, okay, what are you going to do to avenge that loss? How are you going to get better from it? And, you know, that's honestly, um, you know, learning that at, at that age, like as a, as a young freshman, like that, I think that really helped me because I've always had sort of like a, a thing in my head just with, like, I really just hate to lose, but like, it used to be to the point where like, you know, if somebody was able to like score a point on me or something, I would kind of just like shut down, you know what I mean? So that constant development at Blair, you know, I had four different head coaches, four different years, you know what I mean? So um, there's like a lot of adversity, but you know at the same time, uh, you gotta thrive under adversity. Like that's what's gonna make you grow. So I wouldn't. I mean, obviously I had a good high school career. I wouldn't say it was exceptional, but um, you know it it really prepared me for Lehigh in college. Like college, that the you know that's who cares about what you did in high school? Honestly, now like I'm a fifth year senior, and I'm like you know. Who cares? Like, I won a Beast title my senior year. I don't think anybody – people probably don't even remember that, honestly. You know what I mean? I mean, it's cool to, like, reminisce on it and all, but, like, you know, college is the epitome. Like, you want to be All-American. You want to be a national champ. You know what I mean? So, you know, all those years at Blair, that really just, I feel like, prepared me. And seeing all these people, like, wanting to succeed is just – you know, that really just drove me. And that, honestly, um, just really set me up for Lehigh. Yeah, so, I mean, that's an easy transition into what I was going to ask about next. You know, as you go through Blair, um, like you said, Buxton leaves after your first year, goes to be the RTC coach at Lehigh. Um, So, obviously, there's a familiar connection there. But, you know, what went into your decision? Why Lehigh? Um, You know, I can remember you coming in the room when you were that little 106-pounder and everything. But but what all went into that, man? Yeah, I mean – at the end of the day, it was like, all right, I mean, lots of different places are reaching out. Lots of different places want to come, me to come visit, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, I remember from the beginning, it was, uh, I was just with my dad. It was just like, do, you got to do what's going to be best for you. Don't listen to anybody else. You got to go take your visits. You got to really just figure out where you can see yourself uh, spending four to five years of your life at, you know? So, um yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I remember like my sophomore, junior, senior year coming up to train at Lehigh. Like those first few years of you just beating the crap out of me, 
when I was like a little boy, you know? So, I mean, I even like, you know, as crazy as this sounds, it's almost like a, a mirror of Blair because like, you know, I would go up to train at Blair. Like I almost felt like I was on the team. Like people treated me as if I was on the team. I got to, you know, know the coaches really well. I got to know the team really well. Uh, so that, that was almost like a, an easy transition from like junior high to high school. And then, you know, fast forward a couple years later, you know, spending all this time with Santoro, with Hughes, with coach Dylan, you know, up at the RTC practices, um, coach Buxton, obviously. And then, you know, wrestling guys like you, I remember rolling around with Brandon Hatchett a few times, Darian Cruz, you know, obviously Nate, uh, you guys treated me like I was on the team and I was just literally like a high school sophomore, you know what I mean? So, you know, that, that I thought that was like really cool in a sense. And, you know, obviously I developed strong relationships with you and, you know, all those guys and obviously the coaches as well. So I already knew uh, what I was getting from Lehigh, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I remember I went on an official visit to Harvard. Like I thought, you know, that was, that was really cool. Cause like, I knew some guys on the team, like Preston was there. So I, I, you know, he was my host. So it was, it was cool to like be with him and, you know, experience that visit. But, um, you know, after that, like I had a couple more visits scheduled, but I was just like, you know what, I got to push Lehigh to the second visit. Cause I just want to go to Lehigh and go on that visit. So I remember just going on the visit, you know, I already knew I was and going, you know, I went on to like a bunch of different unofficial visits and stuff. There's some interesting stories there. But, uh, you know, I just comparing all these different places to Lehigh is just like, why, like, why am I even doing this? Why, I don't need to see any of these other places. I already know the culture at Lehigh. I already know what I'm getting from Lehigh. Like there's, I mean, I said this, I said this way back when I, I, I literally told myself, I remember sitting in my room, I was like, the Lehigh coaches are just, there's nobody else like them. They, you're not going to get a set of people that care about you more as a person than a wrestler. You know what I mean? So many of these programs bring people in, run them through the grinder of wrestling. And then when you're done, it's like, okay, like good luck. Or, you know, you're going to stick around and train, right? You know what I mean? So, you know, Pat, Brad, Hughes, Zach, you know, all of them. Uh, I mean, Darius, even for a little bit, too, when he was here, it was just like, you know, so much more about you as a person than a wrestler. Obviously, they want to see you doing great things on the mat. They want to see you be multiple time All-American. They want to see you be a national champ. Like, that's obviously important. They want you to win every time you're out. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you know, you're coming to this great place. You're getting a great degree. Um, You know, let's let's set you up for your future. Like, that's what we care about. We care about you succeeding uh, after Lehigh. So I remember telling myself that and I'm just like, why would I not go there? <laughs> you know, so I took my visit to Lehigh and I was like, you know, I, I know, I know what I'm in for here. I, I can, I can see myself here for five years. Let's, I remember I was driving down the mountain with Pat. I was like, Pat, I'm coming. He's like, all right, great. That was easy. So that's <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh, who was your host? Uh, Malonis. Oh, that's right. Malonis was still there. Malonis and Coover were rooming together, and I stayed in their room. Oh, yeah. the Bla- That's right. The Blair boys were still there. Yeah, the Blair connection was, was deep, man. So. Oh, speaking Malonis. of that, I, I have another Blair question. Can you mm-hmm. explain the Blair bolt? Uh... Yeah, I could, I guess. Um, so there's like a couple, I think there's like a myth sort of around this. Um, you could ask Buxton about it. I, I think like he kind of sort of started that tradition. That's what people say. I don't know. But uh, what it is now, like, I mean, I, I don't know if it's still happening now. Who knows what's really going on there right now. But um all the captains of Blair would get a bolt, like a bolt tattooed, because um, mm-hmm. it was something with the mascot or something. Uh, it used to be, it used to resemble some lightning bolt or whatever. I don't know. They changed it to the Buccaneers, but um, way back when, all the captains just started getting lightning bolt tattoos. So I was like, you know what? 
this is an excuse for me to get my first tattoo. I was a captain this year. I'm just, I'm just going to do it, whatever. Boom. So I did it. And I, I don't know. Who knows if it's actually a thing, but a bunch of guys had them. Like Mark Gray got one, Jared Platt, Kellen Russell has one, you know. Oh, I was going to say, they go way back. Like I remember being a kid, like when my brother's team's wrestling at Ironman, and seeing guys like Travis Blasco, yeah, exactly. you mentioned Platt, Kellen Russell, right. like they go way back. <laughs> Um, and I asked, cause they were a thing in Santoro's time there too. Cause I asked Pat about them at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, man, you know, then your time at Lehigh, like you redshirt your first year and then you redshirt freshman year, you're wrestling 57. And like, that's honestly kind of the first question is you had, you, you know, Mitchell Minotti was a couple time all American. Um, both realistically, both of you guys were between 57 and 65, what because i was gone by then you know mm-hmm. what was the decision for you going 57 um so i would i mean my redshirt year they want to start me at 49 and i ended up tearing my meniscus got surgery mm-hmm. when i got back i moved up to 57 felt really good you know won a few open tournaments that was that and then fast forward to next year you know all summer I'm training, you know, I'm thinking just, you know, 157, that's going to be the weight. I felt really good in my redshirt year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, you know, my mind was just kind of set on that. I remember going and talk to Pat a bunch of times. He's like, you want to go 57, you want to go 65, go 65. I feel confident with you at both ways. He's like, you just got to do what's best for you. So I was like, all right. So I had my mind set on 57. I'm going 57, coach. He's like, all right, that's fine. So, you know, honestly, that's that's what it was. I, you know, I remember him the first few times that I made it. I remember him pulling me in. He's like, listen, you know, this is, I know it's a really tough cut for you. Uh, don't hesitate on going 65. Like, you know, it's still early in the season, you know, just focus on getting big, lifting, you know, you can, you can move up, you'll be fine. Blah, 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 all this stuff. And, you know, I mean, I guess this is sort of my fault for being really stubborn and stuck in my ways because once I set my mind to something, it's like, all right, no, you're, you're, you're sticking it out and you're going to finish that. So, you know, I mean, that, that's honestly what it was. Like there wasn't a whole lot of other people telling me what to do or, you know, the coaches were really trying to sway me one way. It was more so like I wrestled 57 my redshirt year. I want to go 57 this year. I'm going to go 57 this year. Well, that's mm-hmm. how it was. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was miserable. Like the first few times making it was absolutely miserable. And, you know, I really honestly like was like, all right, now screw it. I'm going 65. But every single time it was just like, no, you know what? You're still, you set your mind to it. You're staying like, that's what's going to be. And, uh, yeah, that was, um, terrible talk about dude. like learning talk about like learning a lesson dude oh my god i empathize with that so much too because my true freshman year so i yeah, wrestled 25 my senior year yeah i wrestled 25 my senior year of high school and cut i weighed like 128 like i cut no weight just wrestled yep. 25 all year so same thing i'm like and we only had like three guys on the roster between 25 and 33 and we were all basically all three 25s so like i was the guy that dictated and they're like, what do you want to do? And just had it in my head. Like, I'm a 25 pounder, even though I weighed like 147. Yeah. Like, I just exactly. got, I just got big. So the right. only you reason I listen and you know, you're eating and you're just training all summer, just getting huge. And yeah, that's, ex- you know, exactly. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know if I've ever like told this story anywhere public. The, you've heard the story of how I ended up at 33 at Midlands. We, so we came back. I wrestled the last time I wrestled 25 was the last duel of the first semester. So we go home, right, for a few weeks, whatever, like a week and a half. And I come back and I was just like, like, I just let myself get out of control. Like, I was just so miserable the whole first semester. I blew up. I weighed like, like 44 when we came back. And you come back, you're like three days out of Midlands, right? So obviously, yeah. like, I'm not going to Midlands. Um, so I come back and like, I actually dodged the first weight check. I got myself out of the locker room. I ducked the first one. Um, 
they got me the second one and I and I was like uh, I was like 37 by then I think and Hughes and Pat were like all right well, what do you want to do and I was like I and I'm like still so stubborn I'm like I'm a 25 pounder they're like all right we'll just go up into the room we'll talk about it we'll figure it out after that practice or like I think that was the morning practice after that afternoon practice Pat was like we're he's like I think I'm gonna move you up you know, you're still going to travel to Midlands with us. You'll just work out like twice every day and blah, blah, blah. Right. So I'm like, all right, you know, call my dad, tell him all this stuff. Feel like an idiot. We get to, <laughs> we get to Chicago. We are at baggage claim in O'Hare. And little did I know Pat had already had me entered in the tournament at 33, like this whole time, this whole time. And we get to baggage claim in O'Hare and Brad, Pat, and Hughes are talking. And Brad's like, Pat, you need to tell him. Like, he doesn't know he's wrestling. <laughs> what? So this is the day before Midlands. We're standing at baggage claim. And Pat walks over. He's like, hey, I got you in the tournament at 33. And just walks away. And I'm like, oh, okay. Dude, no, I didn't know. So like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, so I made weight, wrestled the next day. Oh, and that was that. But like, to your point about the stubbornness, I, I – Totally get that. That's such a real thing. Like you have that image of yourself. And the only reason I moved up literally is because Pat entered me into Midlands at 33. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you win scuffle that year. Like you beat Joe Smith. You're ranked in the top four or five or whatever. And then, and this is one of those stories that very few people know. Like you dealt with injuries a lot that year. And I got to believe it's part of it was because you're cutting so much weight. Like your body's just not meant to do that stuff. Yeah. But you get a concussion late, uh-huh. and you're yeah. out for, what, two or three weeks for a while? Yeah, we were wrestling. We were supposed to wrestle Army on a Friday. I think it was it was like either – I think it was two weeks before EIWAs, or maybe, maybe three. I don't know, two or three weeks. And, yeah, I was. it was literally the night – the day before, we're doing like a pre-match, like get your weight off type deal. And yeah, I ended up like I just got my bell wrong. And I like I remember just like going over to the bike and just pedaling. And I remember I think Santoro came over, he's like, What are you doing? And I was like, ah, I just kinda hit my head weird, like I need I need a second. And he's like, Are you all right? Like, did you do like did you get a concussion? I was like, No, 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 I think I think I'm good. So I was like on the bike the whole time and cause like he was like, I mean, this is like 20 minutes in, like, I know you're probably like 15 over, you gotta, you gotta like get back out there and wrestle or do something. So, I mean, I was like, yeah, I mean, cause like, I remember I was like knocked out for a second and then I was like sort of all up in the clouds, you know? So I went over to the bike, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They ended up pulling the plug. I got a concussion and then there was like two weeks where I was just like, I would go to class and I would just have to be like in my room, like doing work, you know what I mean? So like no lifts, no wrestling, no conditioning, nothing. And we're talking like, you know, I would be wrestling probably twice a day. I would run probably for like 15, 30 minutes after each workout, you know what I mean? Just the whole like cut and weight mentality, you know, just managing your weight and obviously very strict diet plan as well. So, you know, all that was taken away, and uh, for two weeks, like, I stayed on, I was on this really, really strict diet, I stayed on it, um, but I couldn't work out, so I was like, you know what, maybe this would be good for me, like, I take a little time off the mat, I'll be refreshed, like, I'll stay on my diet, I'll feel good, my weight shouldn't get too out of control, yeah, and then it was like, where were EIWAs that year? Bucknell, they were at Bucknell, so... Um, I do, I used to do this thing. I still do it today. Um, they always do like weight checks before practice and after, like I wouldn't even step on the scale for the first like two days of the week. Cause I didn't want to know what my weight was. Cause I would just start thinking about it. And then I would just, I wouldn't be able to practice, you know, everything, my thoughts would just be going nuts. So I wouldn't even step on the scale for like the first two days, sometimes three out of the week. Yeah. IWAs are on a Friday. I check my weight on Wednesday and I was like oh, it was like before workout I 
I think I weighed 184.6 or something like that. And I was like, wow, I am big. This is really, really oh bad. Oh, my God. So I started like, yeah, I just, you know, right then I was like, okay, well, I got to start doing something. So, you know, yeah, I mean, I just literally like working out like nuts. And we traveled to Bucknell and <laughs> we were working out in, um, where were we at? Nate Brown's high school. Lewisburg. Yep. yep. So we're in there. Like I used to always wrestle with Brad the day. I mean, I still, still to this day do that. Wrestle with Brad the day before. And I like was not sweating, dude. I just felt terrible. So like, you know, he's moving me around. And it's just like, oh my God, miserable. So I get done workout. I'm like five over or something. And then Hughes comes to my room. And he's like, all right, well, we're going to get this off. So, yeah, all night down on the treadmill on the bike with Hughes down there, blah, blah, blah. I mean, this was like going on and on for hours. And I just like wasn't sweating. And my body was just like cramping up. You know, you know, the whole the whole deal and you know it's like 4 a.m and i'm like up in my room and it literally i just like everything was just I, all right I, see you are. I was like pound i was like 1.6 over or something he's like how much do you normally float i'm like well honestly most like when i'm sucked out probably like 0.6 to 0.8 hours and you know we'll see if we can get it off so you know i went to sleep for a few hours floated absolutely nothing put my stuff back on was working out and it was just like all right yeah my body was just shutting down like everything was going black i was just like all right this is this is really bad pat comes in he's like all right this is jack was there like pat all the coaches they were like all right at some point we got to just you know this kid's health is the most important thing you know what i mean as much as it's going to suck, like, you, you can't do this. Like, when you're not going to wrestle. And, uh, yeah, dude, after that, I basically, um, my dad, I remember he came out, he drove out, picked me up, brought me home, and I just fell off the face of the earth for, like, oof, like a month or so, month, month and a half. Like, dude, fell off the face of the earth. Just, like, would go to class, go to my room, do my work, save by myself. It's like, I just... I don't know. I mean, a lot of people haven't experienced this, you know, the the the, um, the whole missing weight thing, especially a conference, you know, not being able to go to nationals. Um, you know, I just felt like I let the team down, like the coaches, like it was just the worst. Like I've never felt that way before in my life. And I literally just had to be by myself for like a month, month and a half. And it was terrible. And I just, I didn't want to, I honestly like, thought about like leaving school because I just like couldn't deal with it and um you know I the you know people were there for me when I needed them you know um but uh you know that's what got me through honestly like just people being there for me like my some of my teammates my family you know the coaches I remember Pat brought me in like when they got back from me at WAs he's like hey um I know uh I know this is not ideal and it really, for me, I can't imagine what it feels like for you, but uh, there's still guys training for nationals, and we need you in the room making them better to get them ready. So he said, I'm going to put this behind me. This is in the past. Like, I'm going to look forward now. Like, you know, we got to get you better, and we're going to need you for the next few years. So let's put this behind us. It's going to be really tough right now, but we need you up there. So that was that. I mean... And I was still training with the guys, and I was just by myself for a lot, you know, just really just, you know, coming to trying to, like, relax, you know, because it was just, it was a bad, bad, I was in a dark, dark place, man, like, real, real dark, and it was, it was not good, you know, but again, you know, people, people are there for you, like, you need, you need that's why I picked Lehigh, you know, like you got that support system. People are always going to be there checking on you. So I thank God for my teammates and my family, you know. Yeah, believe me, I remember. Um, oh, yeah, I am sure you do, bro. 
that's yeah i mean that's we all go through it in one way or another so the next year you move up to 74 and there was a whole conversation about 65 or 74 that year too right Uh right oh yeah so you go 74 oh go ahead no no go ahead i was gonna say so you go 74 and it was just it was so funny too because like for those of us that saw you before you started cutting weight at 57 like we knew you were that big anyway um so the whole country saw number one that you were actually a 74 pounder the whole time and for the first time really since your senior year high school you were able to just feel good and wrestle Mm. you know so that year the next year you all american both years just go through those two years, what it was like to finally be up at 74, just what all of that was like. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the best decision I've ever made in my life, bro, <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, originally there was, I was like, all right, I'm going to go 65 this year. Uh, that's going to be that, blah, blah, blah. And Pat was like, listen, dude, uh, I don't want you getting anything stuck in your head about what you're going to do or not. Um I want you to do what's going to be the best thing for you. And I think the best thing for you is going to be gone 174. And I was like, all right, well, price is kind of already there. Like <laughs> he's around the 12, you know, uh, how exactly am I supposed to bring this up with him? And he's like, ah, well, we're going to have to figure that out. Like that was the whole summer thing, you know? And it was literally like a 900 pound elf. Like, I wanted to go 74. Price knew I wanted to go 74. He, you know, none of us said anything. Nobody said anything. The coaches didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Price didn't say anything. Nobody addressed it. Like, all summer long of training. Nothing happened. It was just this huge elephant in the room. And, yeah, I don't even think I, like, wrestled with Price at all that summer. Like, didn't even touch him, like, because we didn't know, like, what was going to what was gonna happen, you know? And then finally in the fall, I was just like, you know what, screw it. I I think I literally, like, texted him. I was like, bro, uh, what do you want to do this year? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. What do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'm going to completely I think I should go 74. He's like, all right, well, I mean, I guess I, guess I can maybe go 84. I'm not really sure. So I remember we both went into Pat's office, and he was talking to us. He's like, I think this is going to be good for both of you, honestly, because I guess Price was sucking a lot of weight to get down to 74 that that year because he was at 65. That was a really big cut for him. Then he went up to 74, still pretty hard to get down, and obviously my whole situation. And Pat was like, honestly, I think this is going to be really good for both of you. You're going to be able to focus on getting stronger. You're going to be able to focus on you know your technique, getting better every day. Uh Let's just start you guys up at 74 and 84, and, you know, we'll wrestle Buck now, and then we'll go to Journeyman. And if we want to make adjustments after Journeyman, we'll do that. So, you know, that's what we did. Both did very well at Journeyman. And he was like, all right, I think this is it. This is, I think this is what we want to do. And me and Price were like, yep, this is definitely what we want to do. So, uh, yeah, that's what, that's what that was. And then, you know, man, yeah, I – Honestly, like, I wish I could just, like, go back in time and tell, like, my high school self, like, just to stop cutting weight, (laughs) focus on getting better in wrestling, because I feel like I would be so much better than I am right now. Like, I feel like I just missed, like, literally two full years of high school wrestling to get better. Like, that's how I feel. Just because I was, you know, the first year I was cutting way too much weight, got mono, couldn't even train. Second year, I was sucking down to 32. I weighed, like, 60 and, you know, I was wrestling okay, but not to my full potential at all. So, you know, it's, again, you live, you learn, but it took me a while to learn. And, you know, you see it more now, too. Like, more guys are moving up. There's there's less weight cutting, I think. I mean, you're still going to have those guys that suck a lot of weight. But I just think, in general, like, more people are just moving up, you know. Camera did the same thing. Uh it's just, I mean, Real Buto did it. Uh, a lot of people, I just think, are moving up. Sebastian Rivera is doing it. Um, it's just better. Like, I don't know. I. It's just better. Like, my academics, down the toilet. Uh, my social life, down the toilet. 
because you know when I was sucking weight, like I didn't want to leave my room. You know, I would leave my room yeah. to go wrestle. I go to class a zombie. You know, it's then that's that's the most important thing. That's why I'm at Lehigh for the for the education. You know, so you know when you can just focus on you know the important things, getting better in wrestling. You know, getting good grades in school. Like I just that that whole first year is just so bad. And, you know, I got through it, but, like, it wasn't pretty. But, you know, yeah, I mean, as soon as I moved up, like, right away, that first year, I wrestled Amin. Took third at NCAAs. I beat him. And then after that, it was just, like, good wins after good wins. And I lost the hall by a point, like, returning national champ, blah, 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 you know? So, like, I started believing in myself a little bit more. And, you know, I was ranked high. I just for whatever reason, I guess had this thought in my head that I had to cut weight to do well and, you know, move up, see the success. Yeah. I mean, NCAAs that year, tore my LCL the first round, miserable, wrestled back, ended up defaulting to six. Like I was really, that was like awesome for me. Cause honestly, like coming into college, I didn't know if I was going to ever going to be an all American. I didn't know if I was good enough to do that. So, you know, that was great. And then the following year, um, again, lots of good wins. Also some losses. Like, I think I wrestled everybody. Last year, I think I wrestled every single person in the top 10, except for one, maybe one. And, like, you know, I had some good wins. Also, you know, lost the hall, lost the mean. You know, it packs the schedule for that reason. Like, you want to wrestle really good guys to get prepared for March. So, um, you know, I was ready for March. Um, lost a heartbreaker in the quarters and, like, quadruple overtime. Wrestling back. Uh, <laughs> ended up wrestling McFadden. And I forget the position that we were in, but ended up, like, just shredding some tendon in my ankle. And that was that. And I just was like, all right, like the most of it like I'm on the podium now but like let's just like finish off like let's get seventh and you know we'll get ready for next year got seventh took time to just like lift and train in the off season and you know coming into this year I just felt like better than I ever have honestly it's weird to say that because like I'm a fifth year and it's like oh like you're supposed to be really old and done but um just did everything right this summer did everything right in the fall um, just did everything right throughout the year. You know, I just felt, I mean, I had an injury earlier on, but like, I just felt like I was, everything was happening this year, you know, everything was happening. And, um, obviously I lost the hall early on, but like that match sort of opened my eyes because I never really took a shot on him before. You know what I mean? I took a shot on him. I took him down, got in again, should have finished, but like, you know, that was eye opening and. You know, the rest of the year, I just was dominant. I felt like nobody was really touching me. The IWAs, I felt great. And, you know, got that third team title. That was great. And then, you know, I was ready to go win nationals. Like, I was ready to do it, you know. Still ready to do it. Like, I feel like I should still be there doing it. But, um, obviously, there's other plans in the works. And I got to kind of deal with that. Yeah, what were the last couple of weeks, you know, so the time between EIWAs and it's, and what would have been NCAAs with just like things continuing to escalate with the virus and everything? What was that like on the inside? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like everyone went from zero to 100 really, really fast, like unbelievably fast because EIW, we had EIWAs, that was fine. Like, that was just the track of me. That was a stone of me to being a national champ. You know what I mean? EIWAs, win it. Okay, let's move on. You know, everything was fine. Everything was in place. I was ready. I was ready to go do what I needed to do. And, you know, after EIWAs, you know, there's more talk about the virus. I remember I had to go into Vasily's because I had to get this, like, note. And he started telling me, he's like, yeah. Well, wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Real quick, for those who don't know, Dr. Vasily is a, like a nationwide leading dermatologist in the Lehigh Valley who does a lot of stuff with Lehigh Wrestling. So anyway, continue. Yeah, so he's the man, you know, 
Lazar's in checks. Anything pops up on the team, you know, he's there for us. That absolute man. So um, yeah, I'm in. I'm in his. I'm in. I go to his office. I gotta get a note. And he, uh, you know, he starts talking to me about like the conference tournaments. Like always starts talking about wrestling. I love it. It's so funny. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I really think this is gonna be your year. Blah blah blah. And then he starts talking about the virus. He's like, yeah, I mean, happens. Blah blah blah. I was telling me all about like his friend who's a scientist over in China, and you know. He's telling me all these like weird, like he's like, oh, people with glasses are less likely to get it because virus can actually enter through your eyes and all this like crazy stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, like wow, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, but it's it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens these next few weeks. So he's like, I'm thinking it's gonna be you know a no spectator event at at nationals, which is gonna be weird for you guys, but that's what I'm thinking it's gonna be. So I was like, oh, there's no way. I was like, we're wrestling in. The Vikings football stadium, I don't even know, probably holds like 70,000 seats or whatever. There's probably 70,000 seats in there. And you're telling me there's going to be no one there? Like, just family? Like, I was, I was just like, okay, whatever. I mean, as long as the tournament's still on, like, I'll do what I got to do, you know? And then, literally, the next day, it was like, oh, uh, yeah, the NCAA made a statement. No spectators. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, is this for real? So then, you know, it's just like, uh, I'm like, all right, well. I guess, uh, how many tickets do I get for family? Because, you know, all so many different people had bought tickets to come out to Minnesota to watch me this year. All right, I got to find all this stuff out. And then, I, I don't know, I forget. It was, I think it was before it actually got canceled. Everything got canceled. I forget what it was. Uh, it might have been, like, honestly, the NHL that day. I think they were like, all right, NHL season, done. It was the NBA. The NBA got postponed. Oh, that's what it was? Yeah. yeah. I think that was the, the day before. Went, yeah. The NBA went first. So the NBA is gone. I was like, what the? So I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. I literally remember I called my dad. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what, how this is going to unfold. But I bet you that because the, the next day it was supposed to be all like the basketball conference tournaments. He's like, I bet you that if they cancel all those basketball conference tournaments that you guys are going to be done. He's like, we'll just have to wait and see. So stay. Yes. All the conference tournaments done. I'm just like, all right, this, this is ridiculous. I remember I literally got a call from Chaz. I got a call from Fad, and Like we're both, we're all texting and calling each other all day long. We're just like, all right, like this, this can't be happening, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I, I forget who pulled out. I think it was Harvard. They were like, all right, we're not sending anybody. And then it was like, all right, blah, blah, blah. And then ACC was done. McFadden's like, dude, apparently ACC can't go. I can't even go. I'm like, okay. At one point, are they just going to, like, pull this thing? Like, honestly. And then Chaz was like, dude, they're, they're, it's done. There's no official announcement yet, but it's done. Nation just called me, and he was telling me because he wanted to prepare me. I'm like, I'm not going to believe anything until I see a statement from the NCAA. So, like, as of right now, like, I'm still going. I'm still going to win this. I remember talking to Pat. I, like, went over to Pat's office. Zach was in there, Brad, Pat. I go in, and I'm just like, what's going on here? Like, are they going to cancel it? Like, what's happening? And Pat's like, I don't really know. Every other team can pull out, but... All I know is I told Joe Stare that we're going. I was like, all right, that's fine with me. So <laughs> I was like, all right, well, we're going to have like 10 national champs. We're going to be team champs. Like, let's get it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, not shortly long after that, NCAA released a statement. And, uh, yeah, we had a team meeting, and I was just like, what, what do I do? <laughs> like, what is going on here? Like, I don't even know what to do right now. I just, like, I don't know. I was just sitting in the meeting, just, like, what, what is, I don't, this can't even be real, dude. Like, it was just a cascade of events. A cascade, like, one thing after the next thing after the next thing. And I was just like, this cannot be real right now. This can't. That, that's, that's exactly, I mean, even, like, as somebody on the outside, it's exactly how it felt for me, too. I'm like, this is... There's no way. This can't be real. Like, this isn't actually happening. No. It's, so. 
So, you know, you kind of touched on it right there, but... Well, actually, I guess the better question first is, you know, what's next? I know you've got a job lined up. You know, you spent time in surgical ORs and everything this year during as part of your, your school program and everything. So what's next? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, I've had – I got a job, like papers signed, sealed, done June 1st. That's when I'm supposed to start working. Um I don't, dude, I don't know what's next. That's the thing. Like, it's weird because, you know, Bucks wanted me to stick around and train freestyle, try to make a team. Uh, Pat wanted me to, you know, they all wanted me to stick around and try to train. I was like, listen, like, this is my last year. Like, I'm putting everything. I'm doing all the right things. I'm putting everything on the line. Like, this is going to be it. I'm going to go to Nationals, literally leaving everything at Nationals. And, um... They understood, you know, like, like I said, they care about you. They want you to succeed as a person. Like wrestling isn't everything, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, I, <laughs> I was talking, the, the founder of my company is, he's really cool. Um, you know, he comes out, he was at nationals the last two years watching, um, just really follows along. Everybody on the team, like follows, follows my follows me these last few years and it's cool to like have that support from them and i remember i was talking to zito he's he's the founder and he's like yeah yeah. so like what are you gonna do now are are they gonna give you another year or what i was like i I don't really know what they're gonna do if they give me another year like i don't know if i'll take it blah 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 he's like yeah like whatever you decide to do like you know we're we're here to support you like you're always going to have a spot here in this company. So just do what you got to do. So, you know, that was reassuring, you know, but I don't know. Like, do I, I feel like I'm like, do I have to go to last chance? Try to, well, the Olympics are gone now too. So who knows if they're even going to have that, you know, but if they give another year, like, I don't, I I don't know, dude. I don't don't know if I'll take it. Like, how is that going to be structured? Like we had the whole season, we missed one tournament the most important tournament and they're just going to give me a whole nother year back. Like that'd be pretty cool. But like at the same time, it's just like, like I said, literally like I had everything on the line this year. You know what I mean? I did everything right. Trained really hard. Like felt as good as I was going to feel, but like, I don't know if I could see myself doing it another whole year, you know, like Mm -hmm. at, at some point, like, you know, wrestling has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. But like at some point it's, you got to turn that page. You got to, you got to go on to the next thing in life, you know, and that's providing for yourself, providing 100%. for your family. You know, you have other goals in life, right? And I got, you know, I've had goals, set goals my whole life. I got other goals that I want to accomplish in, in the work world. But like, I don't know, like, are they going to give a year? Like, do I take it? Like, I don't I don't know. There's so many yeah. questions. I can't even imagine, man. but I will say this, you know, walking away with, a bachelor's in behavioral neuroscience, a master's in engineering, yeah. and it's a two-time All-American. That's not bad. It's not bad, That's... but, you know, <laughs> it could have been, been a little bit better. <laughs> it's – I know, and, like, that's the thing. It's it's That's that curse, right? It's the way you're always going to look at it, you know. Like, I was actually just talking to Tyler Nauman, who made the national semis twice as a buddy of mine. He uh, helps coach – you know, we coach together. And he's like, man, he – just watched his the first semi he lost was to Montel Mary and he's like that's the first time I've ever watched that match and he's like I was like finally starting to be at peace with it and now like I can't sleep. Um, you always <laughs> think about the right like you always think about the what ifs like I personally I've never I've never watched a single one of the matches I lost at the national tournament so like it's that curse <laughs> it's no dude it's that blessing and curse that we all have that like that makes you know that gives you the drive to be able to get two degrees from such a great school while doing everything that you've done on the mat and everything and being such a good leader and everything else. Um, And, you know, to kind of parlay that, one of the things that I've noticed is that people like that, like we all kind of stick together, you know, like a lot of us are attracted to one another and you have had people like that in your life from the jump. Like, you and McFadden grew up together. You've had Chaz. You've had Joey McKenna. Um, 
for anybody that wouldn't pick up on that, Chaz is Chaz Tucker, the Cornell 133. Um, but just talk about – you got to talk about your relationship with McFadden. Like the picture of you two laughing on the podium last year is like one yeah. of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you guys like grew up close to each other and everything. So how did that friendship develop? Yeah, man. Uh, literally, I was like – he – I don't know, dude. I honestly like – I think I honestly met him just like – Cause I used to be on all these like New Jersey travel teams. We would go to like Wildwood, Virginia, all these different, these different duels, get like 10 matches, like ridiculous kids to wrestle. Like, you know, he was always on a lot of my teams and, um, literally I, I got to know him. Like he, he's one of my buddies like on the teams. And I, I just remember like his dad, like coming up to my dad and is like, how about we just get the boys together and we just, they just train, like, let's do it. And my dad was like, I'm in, let's, let's do it. So, dude, I mean, literally, like, I can't, I don't even remember when that started, but we were, I was, jeez, uh, it had to be, like, 10, 11 years old or something like that, like, just young, and at that time, I was going out to Jeff Jordan's camps, I was learning his whole system, and, like, I would oh, come yeah. back, and me and McFadden would just, in the basement, my dad would sit there, he's like, all right, let's go get drilling and it was like just the whole system and we would kind of tweak it make it our own a little bit figure a couple things out you know just we would drill for like an hour and then we just go live figure stuff out you know and god man for as long as i can remember all those hours like in my basement in the master's basement man like Dave's going to be my boy for life, you know? Like, we've been through so much together, you know? And, like, last year, you know, I wrestled him here at Grace. Like, ended up beating him. Like, that was, like, the weirdest freaking thing for me. And then, you know, he beat me at Nationals, obviously. But, like, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, yeah, we're both competitors. We love to win. But, like, he's my freaking boy, bro. He's my boy for life. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're standing up on that podium just, like, just – messing with each other dude like it was awesome and uh you know i just like I, I remember like the whole day like when the whole cascade was happening with this this national thing he's like bro whatever happens like just know like we're boys forever like nobody could take away what we've done and we've just like made each other like what we are today you know what i mean and that's like really special you know 100 so, percent. and i, I mean yeah, i think he's like my boy the- you know, he always will be <laughs> I think uh, I think relationships are like the biggest part of it, man. Like, you know, when guys, I mean, when guys like us, I mean, I can speak from personal experience again, like with guy like Tyler Nauman, but with like any, th- doesn't have to just be Ty and I, but like when we're all sitting there, sitting there talking, or like when Nate Brown and I, who in our group gets back together, you know, we're four or five years out. Yeah. Um, you don't talk like you don't. You talk wrestling, but you don't talk about, like, oh, remember when so-and-so, like, I won this match or you won that match or whatever. Like, you talk about playing Mafia on the bus, and you yeah, talk about – like, Yeah, right? So, like, the relationships are definitely the best part, man. Um, yeah. And that's, like – I mean, heck, you know, I remember I had a similar conversation with Price last year. It's, like, was really lucky to be on the tail end – of my Lehigh time when guys like you and Price came through, man, it's, it's been really cool to see you guys grow through the program and, um, really proud of where, man. So it's, it's cool to see, um, you know, you're my guy, so there's never a question there. Dude, it does. Especially like when Buxton just tortured us. And I yeah, actually, man. I got to tell you this. I don't think I've ever told you this. I felt so bad for you in those early days, man. Because it would be because you and Joey, you were so little. It oh, yeah. You and Joey, and it was Joey's senior year and gap year of high school. Yeah. And I was the third person. And then you'd have like Randy Cruz and Lake Gardner. And then there's like this little Jordan Cutler. It was, who was just getting. Miserable. I still haven't given you your payback yet. You, you're going to have to come up to the room and I'm going to have to uh, give you a little payback. Pers- zero percent chance of that with this bit no i'm i I value being able to walk too much all those Um, days of you just beating me up bro (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Dude, that's what I tell the kids I coach. They're like, one of these days I'm going to pay you back. I'm like, no, you're not. Because as soon as you're better than me, I don't wrestle you anymore. Bigger and stronger. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> 100%. But uh, the other great one was I went over to Buxton's club the one time. And I didn't know McFadden. Like, I didn't know. I knew his name. I didn't know that was Dave. Dave, and you know Dave, like, by the end of it, he gets up and he just looks totally shell-shocked. And was like, <laughs> what? For an hour and a half. I know. And at the end of it, so fast forward like two years, meh, maybe not that long, but like a year for sure. We're at RTC practice. McFadden walks in, and Buxton is sitting there like telling the guys on the wall like that's so and so, that's so and so, that's so and so. And he says that's McFadden. He's like, yeah, he's ranked like whatever, and he won this and this. I'm like, wait, that's who that is? <laughs> I was like, isn't that the kid that was like, I was like, isn't that the kid that he goes that you and Joey abused? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's crazy, and I, I was like every so like anytime i got a chance to talk to him it was like five years after it happened we were talking he's yeah. like yeah i still remember that that was awful <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, like dude. he's like he's like you walked into practice you and joey and buxton's like dave you're going with these two today and he's like what i'm doing what <laughs> Some of those days will haunt uh, you, bro. Dude, Buxton did the same thing to me with senior level guys too. So don't oh, don't yeah. don't feel bad about. It. I know. So, well, all right, brother. You got you got anything else for us? No, I. I always good to catch up with you. Yeah, man. Appreciate you taking the time, buddy. So uh, take care. Stay safe with all this stuff going on. And uh, when it gets on the other side, we'll get you out to Pittsburgh. Sounds good, brother. Thanks all a right, lot, buddy. Buddy. Take it easy. Yeah. Yep, later.